0: What is up, all of my beautiful freaking people? Welcome back to another episode of FML Talk. Today, we are getting into the highs, the lows, the ugly, the dangerous, the jungle. That is social media. So sit back, grab a fucking cocktail, maybe the bottle, and welcome to FML Talk. Oh my God. Wait, how
1: old was the other girl? 19. Can you believe us, yet? Hey,
0: this is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. He did what? 48 hours? What a dick. Yeah, but have you seen all the photos on our Instagram? And this is FML Talk. Oh, no, she didn't. You guys, social media. It is a blessing. It is a curse. It is my business. It is why I want to throw my phone into the ocean 90% of the time. (laughs) I've been open with you guys before on my Instagram um, and on this podcast about how social media has been a huge blessing in my life. It's what launched my business, what created the success for Eat Pray FML, what inevitably created this podcast um, and has allowed me to connect with so many of you and create incredible relationships with my FMLers and really build a community that has been so incredible and so important to me in my life. It's become my livelihood, my day-to-day livelihood. That being said, Social media also comes with a very dark side. And people talk about this all the time like the fact that we filter everything, the fact that, you know, we're showing people a curated version of what our life really is and this like highlight reel. Um, And so often people don't show the bad shit and people are left scrolling their phones following these people saying, why is their life perfect? Why do I not have that? And it's not fucking real which is why I try so hard when I'm dealing with depression or when I'm going through something difficult to be open about that and being like, "Hey guys, um I'm currently not shitting out rainbows as hard as that might be to believe, but like stuff's always not so great and this is one of those times." And I started that when I went on my FML trip. I was like, "All right. At first, I was planning on just like not posting and getting off my phone and deleting like the Instagram and Facebook and there wasn't TikTok at the time. If there was, I wasn't on it uh, off of my phone, like deleting the apps off my phone and just kind of going dark. And then I posted that first photo of me with my backpack at the airport, and I got just hundreds and hundreds of comments and messages, people being like, this really like inspired me, Please keep sharing your journey. Like this gave me such hope. And I was like, all right, Gabrielle, if you're gonna continue to share openly on social media on this journey, you have to be authentic. So, you know, if you scroll all the way back to my Europe photos or if you go on to my, my uh, highlights and look under FML stories, those are all... Photos and videos from the actual trip that are still there from that time, and there's some that are me partying and having a fucking amazing time in Europe, and there's some that like I'm like pouring my heart out and I'm not fucking okay um, because that's life and that's real and that's what I was going through, and I still. To this day, really try and live by that with the boundaries that I've had to put up as my page has become more public to like still feel like I'm not giving too much access to myself and making sure that my mental health is protected by, you know, having boundaries put in place because sometimes people feel like they can overstep those and like they know you so well that they can ask a lot of you. And it just, when you have a plethora of people asking for things, it becomes a lot to juggle and handle mentally. Um, So in this episode, I'm bringing on another influencer, but she's also an entrepreneur, a businesswoman. Her name is Natalie Barbeau, And she really, her and I get to talking about a lot of the highs and lows of social media. I open up about a time that I almost got canceled by no fault of my own. Let me state that. (laughs) Um, And it was a really fucked up situation for me in my life. If you're on the Patreon subscription and you've listened to the minis, um, I did a kind of more in-depth episode about this when it was happening, but it was fucking awful. So we're going to talk about that a little bit um, and really just like the different boundaries that have had to been set on social media, the negativity that comes with it. But there's also such a beautiful side of it. And I want everyone to remember that. Like, The reason you're listening to this podcast is probably because you saw my TikTok or you saw my Instagram. And I'm really fucking thankful for that. The reason why so many people have read my book is because you saw a video about it on social media. That has been... A game changer for my life, um, and the fact that I've been able to continue to put content out that has helped people heal because of social media. So I'm very like thankful for that, and I don't think we often find something that is so incredibly two sided like that. It's like it's so good and it's so amazing and it's so wonderful and it's so fucked up and so dark and so bad at the same time. And honestly, like. What Natalie and I talk about is just the tip of the iceberg of what we've experienced. We didn't even get into the effect that this has on our youth and the fact that it's creating so many attention disorders that, like, people don't even want to stay for more than a three to five second video and they, like, are already bored and move on. Like, what does that do to our concentration? What does that do to, like, the fact that we're not being outside and actually living and we're so sucked into these devices? So it's, it's an interesting one, guys. Sit back, enjoy. Natalie Barbu, welcome to FML Talk. Happy to have you here, girl. Hi, I'm excited to be here. I can't wait. We're gonna dive into all of the things, all the fucked up things of social media.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm excited. There's a lot. There's
0: um so can you kind of give everybody a little bit of a background on kind of where you came from? Cause I know you had an interesting kind of journey to becoming dare I say it, an influencer, although I fucking hate that word. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) No, I do too. Um, Yeah. So I actually started back in like the beauty guru days of 2011. So a very long time ago, started on YouTube and I was doing fashion and makeup back then, which is ironic because I did not know how to do that. So... (laughs) (laughs) like watch my old videos. And I'm like, um, I don't know if I was the best person giving advice on this. But uh, I started back then. And then I did it all throughout high school, went to college, did it throughout college. After college, I got a job at like a traditional, boring, like consulting job, and then was able to quit that and do social media full time. So it was like a long... And slow journey for me to do it full time. And then once I started doing it full time, I started getting frustrated at like the tools and platforms that were out there to like help me manage this as a business that I was like trying mm-hmm. to run it as. And so then I started my own startup, which is called Rella. And that's a digital workspace for content creators. So it's like an app oh, a website. Awesome. Yeah. And you can like manage your content and manage your business as a creator on there. So I still do social media full time. But then I also have you know my startup that I'm running also.
0: Oh, that's awesome. So what was it like kind of making that decision to jump from the corporate job world to like betting on yourself and being like, okay, no, I'm going to like do it this full time as opposed to like what I went to school for?
1: Yeah. So I went to school for industrial engineering. So very different than, you know, social media (laughs) influencer. Like, (laughs) So I definitely had kind of a hard time being like, okay, I just went to school for four years. I got this job am I really before? I mean, I quit like nine months after I got the job. So I'm like, am I really going to quit less than a year in to do it? But I also really hated the job. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to quit because I started making enough money. Like I gave myself a revenue benchmark. Like Once I make a certain amount of money, I'm going to quit my job. And so once I did that, I was like, okay, I'm going to quit. But I don't just want to do social media. Like I always Mm. knew I wanted to do something else too. And I was like, I know social media can open up a lot of doors. I know I don't want to waste this opportunity. Like I don't want to stay at this job just out of pride when I could, you know, quit and then eventually do my own thing afterwards. So... It wasn't the hardest decision in terms of like, I knew I wanted to do it. It was more of like a pride thing. What are people going to think? This was also Mm -hmm. in early 2019. So it was before COVID, which I feel like COVID and a little bit after people started quitting their jobs to do social media full time because like TikTok started blowing up. This was before that. So when I told people I was a content creator, influencer, whatever you want to call it, kind of got weird looks, you know, I was like, oh, OK, like, what is that? You know, I don't know. A lot of people I feel like we're just like, oh, so you're living off your parents. And I'm like, right. No. <laughs>
0: yeah, so. Like you must be one of those. No, no. Yeah. Uh, and I like I have friends that are like their full time job is being an influencer, like that's their main source of income. Do you think the longevity of it is scary? Because people talk about like, you know, now TikTok, like, they're like, ooh, TikTok could be shutting down, da 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 da. Like, do you think that there's fear in like the job security in like a long term way?
1: I think for a lot of people starting out now, yes, like the people that maybe just blew up on TikTok and quit and like that's all they're doing. I think you really have to like diversify. And you can't just be on one platform. But overall, it always bothered me when people were like, oh, well, what are you going to do when this goes away? And it's like, well, I mean, what are you going to do if you get fired from your job? Like, right. I mean, I'll, I can sense if my brand deals are going down. I can sense if like my audience is no longer engaged way before you can probably sense being fired. So... I mean, it's like you pivot, you figure out what you need to do. So I don't think that there's, it's not that scary. Like for me, like I don't think that one day this will all be gone. I think if it does go away, I'll sense it a little ahead of time. But I think for people that are like just on one platform, like TikTok, for example, if you're not diversifying and you're not like on different platforms or you're not, you know, starting a business or you're not, you know, doing something different then I think it could be scary. Like if TikTok gets banned, then what do you do? You just lost all your followers.
0: Summer is here and life is not slowing down for us anytime soon. One of the things we have continuously relied on making our lives so much easier is factor meals. No prep, no mess, no cleanup meals. I have really been off the wagon with my eating since having my son. And for my health, my wellness, and my mental sanity, I have been switching my dinners to more healthy options from Factor. They have 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, so I never get bored. And Tay is continuously shocked every time he sits down to eat one because they are so freaking tasty. They have breakfast, lunches, dinners, And desserts, it's a treat to have restaurant-quality food that is so easy to prepare and doesn't come with the insane Postmates bill. Head to factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 and use code FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code FMLtalk50 at factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next Month while your subscription is active. Enjoy FMLers. When you're on social media with a presence, it's like more, at least for me, about creating a community and like how I feel like my listeners and my followers really feel like they know me on a personal level because I put so much of my life out there, but I really focus on like being interactive with them instead of just like here this is what we're selling today. And like that even feels so inauthentic and cringy for me sometimes. It's like, I really have to pick and choose what we advertise on the podcast, what brand deals I do on social media. Like it has to be like something that I really have used, believe in, or like aligns with what I'm trying to like get out into the world because I feel like so many times influencers are just taking it for the financial aspect. And like, I turn down deals all the time. Like at least once a week, I'm like, no, that's not in line with the brand or no, like I don't have time to try this product or I don't give a shit about this product. Yeah. And it affects obviously the income that comes with that. Do you find that a lot? Like how do you pick and choose what you end up putting out there?
1: Yeah, I definitely have to say no to a lot of things and I prefer like long-term partnerships or partnerships with brands that I already like establish a relationship mm-hmm. with. Also a lot of I do get a lot of inbound, but I've been doing a lot more outbound where I'm like, oh, I really love this product and I want to find a way to work with them. So like I'll pitch myself versus right. the other way around. Cause then I feel like it's like really authentic because I'm like, mm-hmm. I already talk about you all the time. I yeah. already like use I'm a huge fan of yours. Like yeah. this just makes sense to work together. So I've been doing a lot more of that lately too.
0: Yeah, I've done i I've done that a couple of times. We did that with Farmer's Dog. I just reached out to a a company. That does like strollers and stuff that I've had my eye on. So like, I I think that that's a really smart way to keep everything authentic instead of like finding a way to try and like make something work within your space. But let's talk less about like being an influencer and more about just like being on social media and like having your life kind of out there. What are some of the difficulties that you've run into like putting yourself out there publicly.
1: Yeah. I think one of the biggest things is that people think that they know everything about you because mm. you are kind of like, I I want people to think that they know me because I do think I'm the same offline as I am online. Like, I hope that when you meet me in person, I'm the same way. It's not like I'm a totally different person right. than When what you see on the internet, but they think that they know like everything about you or then they'll like make assumptions with the things that they don't know. And that really bothers me because I'm like, wait, I'm only showing you a few minutes of my life. Like, I'm only sharing like certain aspects that I'm comfortable with. Like, there is so much more of my life. I'd say like 70% of my life that you really don't know. I'm just showing you like the 30% that I am comfortable sharing, but I'm not talking about that other 70%. So you just think that that 30% is everything. And so I think that that is hard for me because I'll see comments or, you know, DMs or, even just like uh, things that people are saying that I'm like wait you don't know that like you're making an assumption about me and you have no idea so i think that's the hardest part because i want to be open and i want my followers to you know feel like they know me but also understand that they don't know 100% of me
0: yeah i think that's a really t- it's for me it's been really tough to find those boundaries. Cause it's like half of me, you know, when people read my book and then they start following me, they feel like I'm their best friend. And I love yeah. that because they've gone on such a personal journey with me. And that's why I feel such a responsibility to like answer any DM that comes in about the book and like hear people's stories. But then when that's followed up with like, Gabrielle, I need advice and I feel like you're the only person that can like be there to like help me. I'm like, fuck, dude, I'm not a therapist. A, B, I have like 50,000 things that I'm trying to get done today. It like becomes a blurred line of where do I draw the line? And then my people pleaser inside is like, Oh my God, if you say that they're going to fucking hate you. And like I spiral into that sense. So it's a weird boundary of I want to be authentic, I want to be accessible, but I also need to set boundaries and hope that people respect them. And that's been like the hardest kind of line to toe for me in this experience.
1: Totally. Like I also I give a lot of creator tips just with the startup that I founded. We really want to help creators a lot, so I'll do like calls with creators, and I'll do you know tips on social media and like treating it like a business and making money and all of this stuff. But I'll get a lot of questions at all times, like just about, Mm -hmm. hey, can you please look over like this brand deal for me, or can you tell me about that? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I want to help, yeah. I also don't have time to help everyone in the same capacity. And then I feel bad because if on Instagram, if I answered one DM and you DM me again, and then it shows that I read it. And I'm like, oh, if it shows that I read it, I have to respond. And so I I feel like I'm like, do I just like delete the message so that it doesn't show that I read it? Like (laughs) I I go through this like mental gymnastics. of like, what do I do (laughs) when I get a lot of those?
0: Yeah, I've had to at least once a month, I get a message saying, hey, I wrote a book can you read it and i'm like i love you congratulations 100% no <laughs> like, i know i don't do even you say like that ha- though i do i mean i don't say it like that but like i i say i am so thrilled that you chose to put your story out and i mean this authentically in my response i'm so thrilled that you chose to put your story out congratulations i don't have time with my schedule right now to commit to reading other people's work. It just for my mental health will not be a good situation. And nine times out of 10, they're very complimentary and understand. I think sometimes people are also like saying that so that I'll offer to maybe like read the book and then post about it, which like, look, I get I'm a self published author. There was a time where I was hustling and being like, but if you just read the book, you'll love it. And then you might want to post about it organically. So I get it. Sometimes if I like, have come to know the person, like, and they've been a fan or follower of mine for like years, I will offer to, yeah, send me a copy and I will, I'll share it on my story, but I will not have time to read it. Like there's a stack of books on my nightstand that's like for parenthood, becoming a mom, like all of the fucking things. And like some that I just want to read for pleasure. And like by the end of the day, I'm so spent and tired. Like I never have time to even pick those up. So the thought of adding more to that is like, there's just no way. So I do, I, I've given myself the permission to be honest with people that ask about that because I just like, it's not mentally feasible for me, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that that's that's good. Like I, I also, I went through a breakup recently and so I talked a lot about that. And so now I get a lot of questions about, mm. you know, like it's like people are pouring out their heart to me in DMs. And oh, I, girl.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I'm assuming you do too. I'm like, you probably get like double, or like triple the amount that I'm getting. But, and it's so sweet that like they trust me with that. Yeah. And I, I'm so like honored that they do. And like that's always what I want across my content. Like when I posted about my breakup, like I wanted to help people going through that. But yeah. then it's like, at what point? Like you said, we're not therapists. Like, yeah, I can give you advice, but I also don't necessarily have time to be writing out these. And, and I don't want to I don't want to write like a generic like two sentence thing because I'm no, like,
0: oh, yeah,
1: that's not helpful either. So it's like a it's, it's a hard line to balance.
0: Yeah, I totally I'm I'm in the same boat. There's been messages that I've opened up my DMs where I'm like, scroll, 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 scroll scroll out to the point where like i haven't shown tay like the contents of the message but i'm like can you just look at how many this is like a book in yeah. itself and i will take the time to sit there to read it if it's related to the book because i feel such a responsibility once they've gone on this journey with me but it's a lot to like mentally mm-hmm. deal with And they're so personal. So people sometimes will DM me and they're like, do you have an assistant that does this? And I'm like, no, I wish because I can't have an assistant like reading like your deepest, darkest, you know, feelings and like all this stuff about that, what you went through in your life and your breakup. And like, I want to be a support to that, but also it's a lot. And Mm -hmm. I'm not a therapist. I'm not trained to like be giving advice. So like I can give you my perspective of it, but my perspective could be completely different or wrong than like what you need or what the right fit is for you so it's like right it's a lot to carry on your shoulders (laughs) right and
1: I just I just feel such a responsibility and like answering because I'm like if you took the time to write all of this out then I want to answer but then also like we are also human and we can't we have other things going on and we can't answer everyone's like in the same capacity
0: yeah have you experienced a lot of hate on social media
1: I have in the past. I will say not as much lately. I don't know if I've just like blocked everyone that has given me hate or if I am like slowly becoming more and more irrelevant or whatever, but like <laughs> not as much lately. I will say that it's more more so like, I think during COVID, like during COVID mm-hmm. was bad. Like I think people were just bored at home and they were anything that they could like attack someone on, they would. I mm-hmm. think that those moments were the times when I... Got the most hate, whereas now I feel like people are outliving their lives and they're right. not as like focused on, you know, leaving you a mean comment or a mean DM. So mm-hmm. I haven't gotten as many, but it's for me, it's an immediate block. Like if you're yeah, a mean... Same. You're blocked. The like, there's no. I, I'm not responding,
0: <laughs> girl. I have blocked people for so little, like it's ridiculous. Like, there's sometimes where I block people, and I'm like, did they even really deserve that? I don't know. But you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> like, yeah. I just like don't have time for it. Like, if you want to give me shit about like, oh my god, are you ever gonna stop posting about the same story again? No, bitch. I'm not because it's helping women heal and it's selling fucking books. Why do you think I'm on TikTok? <laughs> like, hello, this is the app. Like, I'm here for a reason, not to like fucking just entertain you 24-7. I've received most of my hate from men on TikTok. Like I've I've created a whole series around like replying to like shitty comments from men. And I don't know what it is about. No, I do. I know exactly what it is about my content (laughs) because I'm a strong, powerful female that like left someone who cheated on her and like built a business, became an entrepreneur and has like a whole new amazing life that I've created for myself. And men that are scrolling on TikTok, sitting in their mother's basements are triggered by that. Like and the comments that come in are like not even, there's been very few comments that have really like hurt me at my core. Most of them are just like, you know, you probably weren't sucking enough dick. You should have made a better sandwich. Like, what weren't you doing in the bedroom? Like, blah, 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 blah. Just so like misogynistically typical. But there's been a few that have really like struck me, and those are normally from women. And it always like really hurts my soul a little bit to see women. Like, throw hate at other women. I don't know about you, but like, there has never once in my life been a time where I was scrolling on TikTok and saw a video that like rubbed me the wrong way and was like, I'm going to stop, comment, and say something mean to this person. Like, you just scroll on. It's so weird to me. And like, I get that, you know, you're putting shit out publicly. So you're warranting opinions, but it's just like so strange to me that other women want to come forward and try and tear you down. So there's been like a few comments from women that have really been like, whoa, dude. And you have to like step back and say, okay, there's something that's really broken and hurting within you that I'm like mirroring to you for you to be that upset about whatever this is. Like it's never about you and you know that, but that doesn't mean that you're not human and it doesn't like sting.
1: Yeah. Well, I totally agree with like the I've never thought to leave a mean comment. Like I'm like, I will scroll and I'll see it. And I'm like, this is like, I don't like this content or oh, I don't like her opinion or I think she's wrong, whatever. Never have I been like, let me tell her how I feel like right ever. I just keep <laughs> scrolling. And also with like the ones that are coming from women. Absolutely. I think with men, I just like don't care. Like I'm like, okay, like whatever. You're pathetic. Like you're a loser. Right. Do my content is not for you. So like, I don't care. And usually when guys leave comments, it's like so stereotypical. Like you were saying, like, it's like, Oh, like you're ugly or you're whatever, you know, it's just like
0: very superficial.
1: Yeah. I'm like, okay. Like I don't care about your opinion, but when women leave comments, I feel like, it's more what at least from my personal experience it's been more like attacking character or something like something just a little bit more hurtful it's not as like stereotypical as like just like oh you're ugly and I don't like you like whatever Mm -hmm. and I I always have I have this theory that like female influencers like they get canceled quote-unquote so much more than like male Mm -hmm. influencers and I think it's because when guys watch other guys, if they don't like them or whatever, they they kind of, they don't really cancel them. It's like they like yeah. move on, whatever, or they just are like, okay, whatever, like next. Whereas yeah. like, I don't know why when girls and when women become successful on social media, a bunch of hate comes their way. Mm. They're like, oh, I actually never liked her. Like, oh, she's so unrelatable. She's so superficial. She's so whatever. Like they'll start just like, attacking them and then canceling them and then bringing them down and I don't see the same like energy on with guy creators or with like male creators and so that's what makes me really sad I'm like don't we want women to succeed like don't we want us to be taken seriously in this industry like don't tear us down when we become successful like why would you do that because guys aren't doing that. And so they're now becoming like super famous on social media and becoming top creators. But like, we don't get that same chance and that same opportunity.
0: Right. And I think it's I mean, it comes down to jealousy. And unfortunately, people don't realize that in any industry in any facet of life, there is enough for everyone to be successful. Like you can be vying after the same goals in the same job, and there's enough room for both of you to succeed. And I'm glad you brought up cancel culture because I think it's so fucking toxic. The fact that we live in a society where people are scared to speak up, like I've been doing episodes of this podcast for years now, and there's been times where I'm like, oh, I want to talk about like this specific issue, or I want to bring up this that's going on in our world right now. And the fact that I even have to contemplate and be like, ooh, is this going to land right? Are people going to get upset? Like, how is this going to be received in a such a negative way? You know, it's not like, oh, I'm going to say this and like maybe a couple people will be like riffed about it. But it's like, no, now everybody's scared of being canceled. Instead Mm -hmm. of being able to speak openly and falter and make mistakes, we're holding these people to like such a ridiculous standard when everybody falters and makes mistakes throughout their lives. I experienced pretty gnarly taste of what cancel culture could feel like. This was a while back and I won't name the actual podcast because I have since spoken with the people and we like have called a truce and everything's fine. But they had seen a viral video of mine and they ended up talking about me on their podcast for like 15 minutes and like really ragging on me. Like I'm the first person that can go sit front row at a comedy show and like laugh at myself, but like this was beyond joking. This was like personal attacks on me, like making really incestuous sexual jokes, commenting on my dad who passed when I was young and like really horrible stuff about that. And so I made a video on TikTok in response and the fallout that they experienced from that video with like people going to attack them, some sponsors dropping them, they started putting out lies about me to their followers saying that I was like racist and like all of this very untrue stuff that was nowhere in that video. Like it was like the furthest thing that could possibly be the truth um, of who I am at my core. And sent their followers to come attack me. And it was like, I'm even talking about it, like my chest tightens up. Like it was the most uncomfortable anxiety I've ever felt. I had them going to my book pages and leaving terrible reviews to try and like bring my ratings down, which is like my business. You know, yeah, like that's, that's my horrible. livelihood. People just like dragging me on Twitter and like saying the most awful stuff and like campaigning to like send me horrible DMs, like sending me the suicide hotline, like really fucked up shit. And I was like, oh my God. And this happened over the span of like 48 hours. And I was like, oh, this is what, not that I consider myself a celebrity at all, but like this is what celebrities go through and feel like when they start to experience cancel culture. And it doesn't even have to be because they fucked up. Like, this was because Mm -hmm. I stood up for myself and stood up for something that was right. And I still, because they then put this narrative out about me, still experienced such a heavy fallout. Like, the DMs I got during that period were horrific. And the second weekend I spoke to them and we finally, like, called a truce and they, like, publicly were like, hey, chill out. She's actually cool. Da 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 da. I started getting DMs from those same people that were telling me to go F off and die, being like, I actually got to be honest. I'm going to order your book because I think your content's pretty cool. Like, I was just like being mean because, you know, I'm really loyal to them. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with people? (laughs) Like, that's crazy.
1: Like, I can't imagine being like someone who can't think for myself like that. Like, those people, they don't have their own opinions. Like they just follow whatever their favorite person says. And I think that's one thing about social media With when you were saying how like your followers feel like you're their best friend. That's Mm -hmm. great to an extent where it's like then you get into like those like parasocial relationships when it's like, oh, I am now like going to take everything that this person says because I like them as truth. Or like, I think a lot of people that are like that, that then leave negative comments and go after and attack people they're so unhappy in their lives in real life that like their online digital life is what mm. they hold on to. And so these like online presences and these influencers and these content creators feel like their actual family. They feel like they're actual right. friends because their real life is not great. Right. And so then if that person says this person sucks, go after them, they're going to do it. And so yeah. I think that's one thing. I mean, this is a totally like, tangential topic but I think that's what scares me a lot with like the virtual reality stuff and like the metaverse stuff where it's like yeah I'm so scared that right now with social media just us being on our website or on a website or on our phones we feel this parasocial relationship like what's it going to be like in 10 years when people actually are living in this alternate universe and I feel like that is what like that description of the people that like went after you Like, what are they like in real life? Like, I'm like, have I met these people in real life? Right.
0: (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) well, no, and that's, that's the danger of social media is that when people are behind a screen and hiding behind, you know, like photos that they're posting. And sometimes they're not even photos of their face. They're like weird, like whatever content they're choosing to put out there. They feel a safety. Like if they were standing in a room with me, they'd never fucking say any of that to my face. It would be like, hi, nice to meet you. How are you? You know, like would never have the balls to act that way or to speak that way. And it's, it's given people this false sense of security. That's like, I'm safe to be an asshole because I'm behind a keyboard or I'm, you know, on my phone. And I think us, I still like we have to find another word other than influencers. But when you're in the public eye and you have influence, you have a responsibility to hold yourself accountable and not become like a dictator to be like, oh, everybody goes sick on this person and, you know, fuck their shit up. It's like, first of all, I would never ask my followers to go do anything like that. Secondly, I believe in my followers enough, even if I did, they would like do it in a respectful way if at all. You know, it's like yeah. why would you want to attract the type of fans or followers that would go to that level on your behalf? It's yeah. it, it creates so much extra unnecessary hate in the world. I like just can't really comprehend what people would do that as creators.
1: I don't understand either because also you're, as a creator, you know what it's like. So like, why would you want someone to do that to another person? Because every single person that's on the internet has experienced hate at one point. Like it just comes with the territory, like you've experienced it and no one actually likes it. So like when you feel that way, why would you want someone else to feel that way? Just because what they like stood up, like in your case, you stood up for yourself and said like, Hey, this is mean and messed up. Like, I guarantee your followers didn't do that to those people. Like they weren't like unleashing their wrath on them, right. So, yeah, I don't understand. And also, like, I think one thing, even if if you're a celebrity, if you're an influencer, if you're a someone who's just creating content and has like five followers, at the end of the day, everyone is like a human being reading these messages. Mm. So how do you think they feel? I don't know. I just right. like, I can't imagine putting that energy out there and being like, I'm going to, I'm going to tell them what I think. Like, yeah, right. this is going to make me feel good. Like why I really want to get on the phone or like talk to someone that does this. Cause I'm like, <laughs> Let want me pick psycho- your brain. <laughs> yes, I need to analyze you. Like, please tell me what goes through your head when you create a fake account and you begin commenting and DMing people. Like how right. do you feel? I, right. I really want to know. Cause I can't comprehend that.
0: And there's so many people that do it, like men, women, like all in the same. Like, for example, I had a good friend of mine, Carly Craig, on. This was like a few seasons back to talk about a really horrible situation that she was going through with her narcissistic ex. And the woman that he ended up like cheating on her with for a very long time. Who, like, oddly enough, is probably listening to this episode right now. Let's be real. She created a bunch of fake accounts and started messaging Carly, started messaging me, started commenting on my TikTok. And, like, it was like, dude, f- who has the time? Like, yeah. it's not that serious. Like, we're all just trying to exist in this world and, like, get our stories out there and, like, hopefully help people heal along the way. Like, how are we being that negative and that, like, mean to people i don't understand
1: yeah there was this one creator and or i I guess she wasn't a creator she was just a random person that would comment and dm all of these like lifestyle influencers like people that i was friends with people that were similar to me like constantly comment on our stuff dm us I give her props because she did it off of her real account. Like I knew you could see her like (laughs) face and her name. But I I looked her up and she's an elementary school teacher. And I'm like, how can you be a teacher and doing this? Like that is so concerning. And I had some friends that were like, you could take screenshots of all of this and like send it to her school. And and, people do.
0: I mean, so many people have gotten people fired because they like leave stupid, shitty comments and then they send it to their place of work and they're like, Oh, well goodbye. Yeah.
1: And I'm not going to do that because I don't think, you know, like I don't know what she's going through, but you, how are you teaching the next generation and also acting like this in your personal life? Like mean things like it was not just like annoying little things. It was like very, very mean to So many people, like all of us knew I would post on like my close friends, like a screenshot and be like, oh my God. And like, I'd have like five or 10 people be like, oh my God, she messages me too. And it's like horrible.
0: Oh my God, man.
1: Yeah. And I'm like, this is a teacher. Like that is Yeah, That's scary
0: that people are like putting, you know, the youth or future youth and their kids with like people like this. So let's kind of shift from social media into your company that you created because I think it's so important if people are going to have a career or a presence on social media to have something that's like a little more stable. And I say that lovingly, like I would say that if like you were trying to become an actor as well, like we always need something that's a little more stable. So how did you decide to do that and really like start your own business as a as a female?
1: Yeah, well, I definitely I had the pain point of being you know a creator that felt very disorganized with the tools that were out there. And so I was like, why is there no like, workspace for content creators to manage their business. Like I was using Microsoft Excel. I was using notes on my phone. I was using project management tools. Everything was just so disorganized and chaotic. And I was like, I want to build something that makes this easier and i've always been very entrepreneurial like i used to have an online clothing store i did like consultations for businesses and brands and kind of like freelanced it for a little bit and so i've always been someone who like wanted to start my own business one day but i kept having this like this pain point that I, I'm talking about, like continued to pop up all the time. And like, I would have my friends were telling me that like, they were dealing with this stuff too. And like, these, these were little annoyances that they were having. And I was like, okay, I feel like if anyone can build this, I can. And I've always had like, I've always been delusional in the sense of like, I think I could do anything. <laughs> like I'm like, I'm, Love that. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like, it's a good delusion at times when I'm like, when I started on social media, I was like, oh yeah, I could do this like easy or like, starting this company, I'm like, oh yeah, I can do this. And like, I don't think about the risks or the like negatives and the cons until I'm in it. And I'm like, oh, this is hard. This is a lot harder than it looks. Right, right. So I kind of just like dived in. I was like, let me see how to do this. Like, I'm not technical. So I couldn't actually like develop the product myself. But I was like, let me find someone who can code, who can help me with this. And so I just started like the process of talking to people and like hearing other people's experiences. And once I got deep enough into it, once I started talking to people, once I started like really being like getting really, really excited about this idea, I was just like, okay, I can't stop now. Like I have to keep going. And so... I just started and it was. I didn't have a business plan. I didn't have like a five year goal. Like, I was just like, I want this product and I'm going to make it. And then from there, it kind of like snowballed. And so now this is fast forward like two years since the idea. It's now an actual product. It's been out for the past year. It's on the App Store. I have a company. Um, we raise money, so like it's been a really, really cool journey. But it was just something that came out of like I want this, and so I'm gonna make it. Like I never was like, am I the right person for this? I was right. like, I have this pain point. Like why couldn't I do this? You know, to yeah. me, it's just that sense of delusion. That's like, yeah,
0: let me try. I, I, I love that, and I feel like that's what people are always so held back by in wanting to do things for themselves. Like I get DMs all the time and they're like, I really want to write a book, but, and it's like, well, how did you start writing your book? And it's like, "You, I sat down and I wrote it. I sat yeah, down exactly. and I wrote the book. Like if you want to do it, sit down and do it and get out of your head about like, oh, well, I need an outline. Oh, well, I don't know how to, I didn't fucking know how to write a book. I sat down and I wrote and then I hired an editor. Like, you know, you have to like, If you're called to do something in your life, you go forward and you do it. There is no reason and no one that should be able to be like, you're not the right person or why you, why the fuck not you? So if there's anything, if you're listening to this and there's anything that you've had in your heart or in your mind that's been like, ooh, I would really love to be able to do something like this, start taking action steps to do that. Like there is no reason why you should not be able to do that.
1: Yeah, exactly. And also to me, I'm like, the more I hear, the more I speak to other founders. The more I speak to other people that inspire me, I realize that like they all had those same fears, or they all, you know, they're all just normal people. Like, and also I think a lot of times what holds people back is like the fear of failure. But I'm mm-hmm. like, at least if you fail, you've learned something. Like as cheesy yeah. as that sounds, like you know, I had an online store. It didn't do well. Like it didn't work out. I've learned so much from that, and I'm so glad I did that because. I think a lot of people just don't start because they're like, ah, I don't know if I'm the right person and it's probably not going to work out. Okay, let's say it doesn't work. Who cares? Like you learn and you start something else like I don't or you do something else. Like I would rather live with the like, damn, that didn't work. Like, darn it. Rather than, oh, I didn't try this one thing that I like always wanted to do.
0: Absolutely. Like big time. And tell us again what the company is called. It's
1: called Rella. You can find it on the App Store
0: or getrella.com. I love it. Natalie, thank you so much for coming on and for discussing all of the highs and lows of the social media jungle that we fucking live in. I appreciate it. And can you tell everyone on that note where they can find you if they want to come follow along with what you're doing? Yeah.
1: So you can find me at Natalie Barbu across all social media platforms. And then I have a podcast which you're going to be on next. And that is yes. <laughs> the, the real, real
0: podcast. Awesome. Love it. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I would like to thank Natalie so much for coming on and sharing her uh, journey with all of us. Again, you guys, I hope that when you listen to this, it kind of gives you a peek into the downside of what it's like putting your life out there in such a public way. Um, Again, I've been so blessed, especially because if you're listening to this podcast, it's because you're a part of my community. And a lot of the hate that I have experienced, I know obviously does not come from this community. I've been so blessed to feel the love and support from you all and know that you're here because you do Really care about me. And I hope you guys all feel that I do care about you, each and every one of you, because I do. Um, I do this work and put out this content because I know that it helps people and I know that it gives people hope and it helps people heal. And that's what I am so fulfilled by doing. And I hope that you guys know that this is always a safe space and I truly do feel respected and my boundaries feel respected by all of you. So Just a genuine thank you to always having my back out there, guys. Even when I was going through that crazy time with that other podcast, like so many of you were coming to my defense in an appropriate and respectable way. And I was like, fuck yeah, man, that's my FML community. Like, never was someone going and being like, I'm gonna fucking kill you. You're a horrible piece of shit. It was like, are you crazy? Gabrielle has changed my life. Here's all the reasons why like you're insane. Be quiet. Um, Like the most respectable defense you could have shown me. And I want you to know how much it was felt and loved and appreciated and how much I continue to feel all of your love and appreciation. Um, I'm just very grateful to have you all here. And I love you guys so much. Be safe out there. Social media is a wild fucking place. Put your fucking jungle hat on and be weary and don't spend too much fucking time on it. I love you guys. All right, FMLers. If you don't want to miss an episode, make sure to follow on your favorite podcast app. And if you're loving the show, drop us a five-star rating and leave a review. You can keep up with me on Instagram at Gabrielle Stone or the podcast page at FML Talk Podcast. For all the merch and books signed personally by me, you can shop the FML line on eatprayfml.com. And as always, have a fucking self-love cocktail on me. Cheers. Welcome to As a Woman.
1: Fertility, hormones, and beyond. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Crawford, and I am a fertility physician and co-founder of Fora Fertility in Austin, Texas. We will talk about a wide range of topics, including the menstrual cycle, your hormones, infertility, IVF, mental health, and well, beyond. So join us and become part of the community of collaboration that amplifies others as a woman.
0: This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.